going to ask you to please stand with me. Would you do that for just a minute? Let's read this Bible together as we stand and give reference to the Almighty God that wrote it. Bless us with such truth and hope, strength these days that we're living in, especially needful. From Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 7. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he likely afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom in order to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. May the Lord bless his holy word. Please be seated. This scripture, as you could gather from the reading of it, was written at a very dark and dismal time in the history of Israel. Now while it was written to the Jewish nation, God's chosen nation, uh, I take it that we too can proclaim this there's a great reason to rejoice in God in the midst of the situations in our life that often bring us confusion, frustration, hurt, and loss, so to speak. I want to talk to you today, as I already announced, about Christmas time, but in particular that Christmas time is a tremendous time. The word tremendous means something enormous, something really big. Something that takes a lot of energy. Something that is huge. And my brothers and sisters, what I want you to know is when Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, that is huge. That is tremendous. That is so big that we can rejoice in it and it should propel us to want to cleanse our heart from all sin and shame and serve Jesus as never before. I pray that God would let us and help us do that today as we rejoice in this Christmas time theme, a tremendous time. A president said several years ago when one of the astronauts touched the moon, walked on the moon, he said, that is the greatest event in human history. Now, he had good intentions there because it was a pretty big deal, I suppose. But the greatest event in human history was the incarnation of Jesus Christ. When God came from heaven and planted his feet upon this earth. I think about tremendous, and you might say it like this, 
It is tremendous because Jesus came and took on flesh and went into a, up in a tree to mend us, to heal us of all our sins, the peace that he gives us, the wonderful, the counselor, uh, all that he is. What a blessing we can rejoice in this today. I want to say four things from this text when we get, think about this tremendous time called Christmas. Now the incarnation, as you know, is when God took, takes flesh. The incarnation is about deity, the perfection of God, God in fact being wrapped in humanity. What we must do by God's grace is open that gift. It is the most tremendous gift that we'll ever receive. It is the only way we can go to heaven because he came and he came to redeem us. You cannot nail a spirit to a cross. He took on humanity, that humanity to, could take on divinity. Now this is tremendous because there's so much in the paradox of God's word. You know, it, it should make us rejoice more than ever before to think about that God came from heaven and to wed a sinful race, to gather his people. Now, it would have been one thing if he'd have come to, to gather some folks that are pretty good folks, but no, he comes to die for sinners, to deal with rebellious people like us and draw us to Christ to bring us to God. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus left the glories and all the heaven and all that was there for him in a perfect sinless place. And he comes to dwell here on a sin-cursed earth. And he comes to do it. And, and that should cause us rejoice because that should let us know that God is not going to wed his, people to a, his, his son to a people and then him forsake them. This is the evidence that God is with us. That the gates of hell shall never, never prevail against his church. My friends, this is hope. Thank you, Hunter and J.C., for reading us about hope and Noah and showing us that from God's Word and lighting the candle, and I pray that God would light that candle in our heart because He has come to light that light in darkness. And what a blessing it is to rejoice in that. The four things I'd like to think about and ask you to help me think about as we deal with this prayerfully from this text and going to some other places that Christmas time is a tremendous time, first of all, because Jesus, by his incarnation, gives us a reference. He gives us a reference. In other words, uh, he, he comes to think, to deal with humanity. He comes to be able to feel our woes and pains and hurts. He takes on human flesh. He gives us this so that we can deal with the lost and hurt of our life and live a life like it does really matter. It is so tremendous that, that nothing is mundane when you embrace the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I was talking to a man yesterday who almost broke down and cried right there in a public place. He lost his wife a year or two ago and he says, you know, I can't get over it. He says, I go to the eye doctor the other day, and he said, how are your eyes? And he says, I don't know. They've been filled with water for the last six months. 
He just was broken. And he said this to me. He says, you know, life just doesn't matter anymore. He says, I just don't feel things. I don't have any reason for things anymore. And I can relate to that in a way that I've never lost a wife in that regard. Some of you have, or a husband. And I know you know that feeling. But we were talking, and you know, I think about Jesus, and I think about the incarnation, and I think about the reference point that he is and he does because every pain we feel, every hurt that you feel, you know Jesus feels it? He does. He feels every pain. He knows every loss. And I know that that doesn't make it think about or take it away, the hurt, because love is a price or grief is a price we pay for love and it's real. It is, and I want you to know that. But what I'm here to tell you, it is so tremendous that Jesus came to to earth from heaven so that you can have and I can have a reference point that we have in the flesh the manifestation of God. And he is with us, and he will lead us and guide us, and he will comfort us even in our sorrows, even in our hurting life. And you know, another reference point think, thought I had about it was this. Yesterday I had a sinful thought in my mind. Now this happens about every day to me. But you know what I thought about? I thought about Jesus. I thought about a Jesus that came from heaven, that walked upon this earth. And you know what that did for me? And that's what it'll do for you. It'll give you strength of knowing that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And you know what that took that sinful thought away? Believing and trusting that Jesus was right there with me. That he was there. And that works in a lot of different ways. But I want you to know, that is a reference point that you and I need to see from the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4 to look at another aspect of Jesus, our reference point. 1 John chapter 4. Seeing Jesus as a reference point through the incarnation, it's tremendous because we need to know that God came in the flesh. Did you know that's a testimony of really your faith? It is the foundation the incarnation is. The virgin birth of Christ. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Now look at this. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Do you believe Jesus came in the flesh? That is tremendous. That is huge. That is a big deal. I want you to know that. It's not something that you just say, well, you know, I go to, I hear people that I believe that Christmas time is a tremendous time. It is big that you believe that Jesus came in the flesh and what a joy that is. You know, when you think about Jesus as our reference point of the incarnation, it changed the calendar of the whole world. B.C., that's before Christ. You know, when Jesus was born, it changed everything. There's a testimony. Don't you let the world or the devil confuse you about Jesus and the reality of Jesus. He came in the flesh. 
And I want you to take that home with you. I want that to be tremendous in you. I want you not only to put that in your stocking, you put that in your heart because that's where God will keep it. He came and you believe that. And that is an evidence that you are a child of God and that God is with you. And so what a blessing that is. You put Jesus on your resume. Whatever it is you're applying for in life, you just put Jesus there. You refer everything to Jesus. When the Satan, when Satan tries to accuse you of something, some guilt start hanging around, some past sin, you say, look, here's my elder brother. Jesus died for me. He is a reference. I, I imagine that there's not an employer in here who would, who would think twice about hiring somebody that put Jesus on his resume as a reference. Would you? I mean, that would be comforting to me. If you know Jesus, I mean, it doesn't matter what you know or who you know. What matters? It's tremendous. It is tremendous that you trust in God and you do that because God came from heaven and he's revealed that to you, that he is the son of God. You know, Isaiah 9, 23 and 24 fits here in a reference point. Here's what it says. He says, let not the wise men glory in his wisdom. Let not the strong man glory in his strength. Let not the wealthy man or the rich man glory in his wealth, the riches. But let him glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me. That is God, the one true and living God. Now, how are we going to know God? We know that know God because Jesus came from heaven, took on flesh. Because Jesus Christ, nobody can know the Father except by me. That's the only way we can get to God. And Jesus came in the flesh to do that. I tell you, it's tremendous. I could talk all day about this and probably, you know, maybe I, I don't know how to say it. I don't. It's so tremendous. All I know is the one that spoke this universe into existence, the one that created all things, is the same one that's lying in a manger that has to depend on his mother's arms and to nurse his mother for strength. That's God incarnate. That is tremendous. All I know is this same God, Jesus, he is God. This same one that is the heir of all things is the same one that comes and works in a carpenter shop and has no place to lay his head. That is this God that we're to bow before and we're to say, God, you are tremendous. God is bigger than every problem we face, anything we have. I want you to think about something. Whatever in your life that you think is impossible, I want you to embrace it through the, through the criteria of the incarnation. Because the incarnation proves that nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. Now here's what I want to challenge you to do or ask you to do. Whatever in your life you think, you yearn for, you want, and you see that it is the will of God or it would glorify God, yet it seems impossible. You believe God and you trust God in, in bringing it to be. No matter if it doesn't make a bit of sense to you or how it can be or seems impossible. Because I want you to know this. God 
likes to do tremendous things. He does. Now, when you act like that or when you have that attitude, always remember, be ready if it's not God's will. Sometimes we make mistakes about that thing. I know I have. You be able to submit to God's will in it, okay? And you, when you do that, you be willing to thank God that he's going to work something out better for you. Because I want you to know if the incarnation does not prove that God loves you, that he sent his son from heaven to earth, I don't know what will. I mean, all the love of a thousand people you have around you will not be a drop in the bucket to the tremendous love that God has given you through the incarnation. This sign that Isaiah prophesied in 714 of a virgin. It's a sign. It happened. He, he said it hundreds of years before, but it happened. God is at work, my friends. God is at work because of the incarnation. So I want us to see that. I want to see that Jesus is that reference point. I want you to say, think with me secondly that the incarnation or Christmas time which is the incarnation, is tremendous because that's how we know God. It reveals God to us. Turn with me to John's gospel. Please do it. John chapter 1. Look at these verses with me. Do you know what I'm thinking? Does anybody know what I'm thinking? You don't know what I'm thinking, do you? Why? Because I haven't said anything. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. When Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth, he revealed God's thoughts. You understand that? When you see Jesus, you see God. What Jesus is, God's is. What Jesus has or what God has, Jesus has. What God does, Jesus does. So Jesus and God are the same. That is what the incarnation, and my friends, that is tremendous. That is tremendous. What a tremendous joy it is to rejoice in that and know that this is God wrapped. Now, Jesus did not begin in the manger. See, he began, well, he had no beginning. <laughs> See, he and God existed before the foundation of the world. Tremendous things are mysterious things. For the lamb slain before the foundation of the world was the son given before the foundation of the world. That's what the incarnation is. That is a revelation. All this Old Testament, all that I just read from Isaiah 9 would make no sense had not Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem. See, what it does is open up Scripture. It reveals God. 
Every verse in God's book, you can take it and you can hook it to Calvary. You can take it cross country and tie it to the birth of Christ. Because unless God was born, he couldn't die. We need to rejoice in that and bless God and to know that, even though it's a great mystery. 1 Timothy, look at these verses. In, second, in 1 Timothy 2, and I believe it's verse 5, says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He is our mediator. In 1 Timothy 3.16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. He was manifested in the flesh. That's what the incarnation does. That is tremendous. That is God, and what a blessing. We need to see that and rejoice in that. So we see that Jesus, the incarnation, Christmas time is tremendous because it's a time that we have a reference of Jesus. He's our reference and example of life that we're to live. He is our example. He is our master, our teacher. Secondly, we see Jesus as being this tremendous time in the incarnation because he reveals God. We know what God thinks. We know what God wants because Jesus is the Word, the living Word. And then thirdly, I want you to see that it's tremendous that Jesus came from heaven to redeem us, to buy us back, to redeem us. Because that's the sacrifice that all the Old Testament pointed to was this one, this perfect without a blemish. And it makes it a certain that Jesus came in the flesh through the methods of God's amazing, tremendous power of virgin birth through the Virgin Mary. Now if you have a problem with a virgin birth, you really have a problem with God. God is tremendous, and he has given us this scripture to understand that and bless that in our ways, and what a joy that is, that we can rejoice in that. When I think about uh, 1 Peter, I'm not far from there, let me read this quickly. 1 Peter 3.18 would say or says this to us. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Now here's the deal. I want us to embrace just a few minutes when you think about the incarnation. You got to understand that because of the incarnation, what makes Jesus so tremendous he has two natures, okay? He's God. He's 100% God, 100% man, okay? Then you're going to say, or somebody say, I've heard people say, well, God can't die. And he's right, he can't. He is eternal, everlasting. Well, well, well what happened? It says here, Jesus died. He did die. He died. If he didn't die, we don't have a hope of any way getting to heaven. 
That's why the incarnation is so tremendous. But the point of God that died was his human nature. You understand that? Because he got on the cross and God put his sins on us and he turned from him because it grieved God and he could not look on our sins. It was a curse to God. And that's why Jesus, this incarnate God, this babe in a Bethlehem that grew up and lived a sinless life and went willingly to the cross all in the time that God had appointed and died there for us. And God says the wages of sin is death. And when Jesus died, our sin debt was paid, all of it, all of it. And he thereby bought us that we are God's. And so the incarnation is tremendous because it's when God comes from heaven to gather his people. And we need to rejoice in that. If Jesus had not been God, he could not have redeemed us. He couldn't. Because he'd have the same nature we have. Sinful, weak, blemishes. We all got them. But not Jesus. He's the only one that could do it. He's the only one that could pay that price that we couldn't pay. But he did it and God sealed it with the resurrection. And that's a big deal. That's huge. What a blessing it is to know God and bless God in that way. That he took Jesus Christ, the incarnate God, and placed him on the cross. God did. And that because he gave him our sins, Jesus, by his sacrifice and death, became a propitiation. That is, he appeased God's wrath. And so what a blessing to realize that. Well, I got, I got one more point I want to make quickly, and that is, what have we said? When you think about Christmas time, it's a tremendous time. One is, it's our reference point. In flesh that we can go by. Jesus, that's God. He is with you. He knows what you heard. He knows every part of your life. Not only that, he reveals God to us. Because he comes in the flesh. And then thirdly, we, we think about the redeeming part. That he comes, that's tremendous. That, that our sins, we couldn't do it. Our bondage to sin has been broken. Do you realize that? That is tremendous. We need to rejoice in that and thank God for it. But then lastly, I want us to say, he, it is tremendous. Christmas time is tremendous because of what God has removed from us. Because he removes the guilt and the shame. He removes that inclination that we have for sinfulness in our ways. And he reveals to us and encourages us with the understanding that, that he is God and that he died for us and that he loves us with an everlasting love. Now, if you're serious about following Jesus Christ, you're going to have to be passionate about it. And if you're passionate about following Jesus, you're going you're to want to live a pure life. You're going to have to deal with the sin in your life. You're going to say, God, take away my sin because that is what grieved you. That is what you died for. And you know, we've got to stop listening to the devil and start embracing how tremendous a treasure the Lord Jesus is. I want to encourage you to do that. As we go through this holiday season. We have a tremendous God. We have a God that, that has given us grace that is greater than any sin 
Did you know that? We have a God that is, that is tremendous in the fact that, that he has planted his son upon this earth, his only begotten son, so that he could take us to heaven to be with him forever. Now that's tremendous. That Jesus came incarnate. God and flesh to pay the sacrifice for us. May the Lord bless us to rejoice in his great, tremendous grace. His mercy, how tremendous it is. God is tremendous. Yes, Christmas time is a tremendous time. Because that's the time that Jesus came from heaven to earth. May the Lord bless us to rejoice in our tremendous God. Would you bow with me? Lord, we thank you so much for the blessings you give us in life. The hope that you give us not only in this life, but the life to come. The eternal life that we already possess and yet we have not been fully declothed of our humanity yet. But it's coming. And you are, Lord, taking away those things that shroud us and cover us, hinder us from serving you as we ought. But we thank you, God, that you've given us such a reference point as Jesus, our Lord and Savior. May, Lord, we humbly bow before you in reverential adoration, worshiping you all the days of our life. Thank you, God, for revealing to us God Almighty. In him we live and move and have our being. But also revealing to us our sins. And when that happens, God, it is so tremendous that we can go to you as our Redeemer, as our Mediator, and we can trust you with taking all our sins away. You have removed them all. Oh God, may we always rejoice in your tremendous love. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.